Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick or treat bag every week. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And we are back, and we're taking a trip to 2014 for the guest. Is it that old? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man, you really have been telling me to see this for like six years. A movie I've been telling Blaze to watch forever. <laughs> At one point, he had my copy of the Blu-ray for like months. <laughs> yeah, and I just gave him been watching. I'm like, hey, did you watch The Guest yet? And Blaze told me to go fuck myself. I'm like, can I have my movie back? And he's like, you can go fuck yourself. And then eventually he's like, here you go, you piece of shit. And he handed it back to me like, oh, did you watch it? And he's like, fuck no. <laughs> And I, I went and I cried in my room. Yeah. And then we stopped living together. Because of that. Huh? What? And then we stopped living together because of that. Because of that Blu-ray copy of the guest. <laughs> that's that's where we left. Like we had to we had to live in different places because you didn't watch the guest. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm, I'm a guest. Gonna, in the I, I can't live here and not spoil it for him. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike today, where we are going to spoil this movie for anybody listening. So, <laughs> so if you yeah. haven't seen the gap, <laughs> do yourself yeah. a favor and go watch it. Yeah, we'll give you a six-year waiting period. <laughs> Don't listen to this episode for six years. <laughs> and then go watch it and be like, wow, that was really good. And then listen to this episode of the podcast and be like, wow, this is really bad. This is really dated. Look, <laughs> like podcasts aren't even around anymore. America's already been annihilated by nuclear war that's caused by inflation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I can't see the future. But after all that, we're also going to have a video game. And yeah. And we're going to have our bullshit before the movie. That's going to happen right now. (laughs) So how's everything been? Fine. Fine. Ready. Uh, we got our tickets for mm-hmm. Halloween Horror Nights this Saturday. Yeah, we're going Saturday, so we'll be talking about that next episode, I'm sure. Yeah. But, Are you uh, allowed to record it in the houses? Not in the houses. No, no. We can record. We can record around, like in the scare zones and stuff. Okay. Well, we'll 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 put some stuff on the Insta, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but you can't bring it into the houses. And that's why they have all those people there. Uh, it turns out that if you're recording in there, uh, they'll come up to you and they'll beat you up. No shit. <laughs> so, so okay, those... she's nodding her head. She's like, I remember my first time. <laughs> she's remember like, the time I remember ever... beating the shit out of me. <laughs> you remember the time that Stevie G went through the house? Uh, I forgot what house it was. And he came out the other side and he was bleeding. Yeah, somebody sliced his arm. You know who that was? Who? You? One of the workers there because he's fucking recording. <laughs> but that is a true story. Our friend Stevie G went through, I don't even know what house it was. Uh, I think it was but, Sop, which would make sense. <laughs> that's ironic, yeah. But he got, when he left the maze, uh, he was bleeding. <laughs> something, yeah. something cut him in there, which is funny. Fucking scary, but funny. Uh, Almost as funny as whenever you were walking through the Walking Dead house that one year. Hmm. <laughs> Dude, it was the guy. Stop. 
There was a guy hiding in a trash can, and Blaze lifted the can up and went, Coral? <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking stop. <laughs> I was like, that's not what a zombie would say. <laughs> like, you don't sound like a zombie at all. <laughs> Did, uh, so, yeah, uh, after Saturday, we'll have a... Um, update for our first time this season going there um and then i'll be going again sometime in october um but other than that have you watched anything other than the guests or anything we, new have, this week? we actually watched a movie right before it uh called uh fucking <laughs> do you not remember uh, um, it was not memorable i remember that um, i don't think it was that bad uh un uh, off season, off season. <laughs> is the new one Shutter or something? Yeah, it is. It's a new Shutter film. It's uh, kind of like a. It has like kind of like Lovecraftian kind of stuff in it, but it's okay. mainly. It's kind of like Stepford Wives. Stepford Wives meets Lovecraft. Meets Black Mirror. Well, no, what was that? I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm interrupting the show. <laughs> Sorry. No. No, you're good. What is it? Um, what's that show? Oh, Black Mass. Oh, Midnight Black Mass. Mass. Kind of has Midnight Mass vibes. Okay, cool. But you didn't like it? Uh, I liked it. Uh, yeah. Paige shook her head no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn your volume up so you're the loudest. <laughs> I would just be like... This is Rocky and Blaze and Parrish. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, you know, this is the thing with those, those Shutter originals. I'm, I'm happy because they're putting them out so fast and giving so many people voices. But, you know, some of them are really, really good and other ones are not great. Yeah. You know, but usually they're at least interesting watch. I'm happy that these filmmakers are getting their voices heard in some way. And I love everything that Shutter curates. So like their style of curation, at least where there's always something to watch there. Yeah. I actually watched a few movies this week thinking about it. I watched extraordinary tales, which is an old, not well animated, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, like col- compilation. And oh, yeah. has- the one that they just put on Shutter. Yeah, well, I mean, I I was not watching. I never saw it. I watched it a long time ago on Tubi because you know Tubi is the OG king. Um, um, but I I remember I stopped watching it for some reason, and then I watched it again, and I was like, that's why I stopped watching it. The animation is fucking awful. It is so bad. But it's like here's Fall of the House of Usher narrated by Christopher Lee or here's the telltale heart narrated by Bella Lugosi. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Guillermo del Toro does a voice on it also. Yeah. Right? Pit and the pendulum. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, I don't know what the fuck he's saying. No, he was actually very understandable. Like, <laughs> I love and, him. Uh, then they did this weird rendition of mask of the red death. And they didn't like have any voice actors, so it was just a bunch of people like badly animated dancing around and like sucking on titties and shit like that. And 
then it's like, oh, like, what are you doing here at my party? And then he kills him, and that's like the end. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's not just watch the uh, Vincent Price one, everybody. Watch yeah, that old Roger Corman Vincent Price Mask of the Red Death because it's amazing. Yeah, dude, I was like, I was so like, and here's the thing, like, it, it's worth a watch just to hear them read those stories. But again, they didn't read these stories for this movie. Yeah. Like they made the movie and they just took recordings that were already done of them and put them on. Minus Guillermo del Toro. They actually got him. But obviously they didn't get Bella Lugosi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, this is Extraordinary Tales, not Shocker. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. I wish it was Shocker, though. <laughs> I, I do, too. Uh, and then, fuck, what was the other one? Extraordinary Tales, Off Season. Oh, uh, shit, it was an Indonesian one, and I was really excited about it, because it ended up not being so hot. Fuck, it's on Shutter. Wish you, we were, what the fuck was it? Start talking about something. I'm looking this shit up. Let me give you as many facts about Indonesians as I can while Blaze is looking this up. Indonesians are from Indonesia. Oh, man. <laughs> In Indonesia, Indonesians live. Indonesian starts with I. Indonesian also ends with N. Indonesia's in Asia, I think. It probably is. So if it is, it's a fact. If it's not, that's also a fact. So take it either way. Indonesia, that's where they have spaghetti, right? That's <laughs> where they make spaghetti. <laughs> I found right. it. Right. May the devil take you too. Oh yeah. I thought that I thought I heard that movie was really good. I don't know, man. Like, there was just some stuff in there that was just, like, may, you know, maybe it, it could be, like, a cultural misunderstanding, like, on my part, because I'm, you know, whiter than sour cream. Like, <laughs> it, Is like, that fucking... Uh, continue. Yeah, it was just, like, very, like, the main uh, actor, uh, she was just kind of, like, I, I don't know, like, too in, you know when somebody's like overly intense in a part where it's like okay that you're just looking silly now yeah. while everyone else was kind of acting like on par to what emotion you think they should be and then like the scares were just kind of bleh and then there's mm -hmm. like this thing where she ends up figuring out she has like some kind of special force power <laughs> like it's like what the Bro. fuck like, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. Yeah, that's uh, that's who I thought it was, is uh, Timo Gijanto, who you didn't like his segment in that last VHS movie either. He's the one with the, the cyborg segment. Yeah, I didn't like that one. And I liked it a lot. We talked about that whenever it came out. But um, so I heard that like, uh... I heard that the first movie, people really like also, May the Devil Take You. Because May the Devil Take You 2 is a sequel to it. Oh, maybe that's better. Yeah, 
I don't know. I, th I thought people liked both of those films. I haven't watched either of them. I always hear about them. Well, I messed that up. Yeah, I, I didn't watch them because I hate Indonesians, but... Oh! <laughs> well... <laughs> um, yeah, well, I uh, I need to check it out because everybody always says it's good. But um, uh, is that all you watch? Yeah, that's all I watch. Um, <laughs> I wasn't able to get out and see Pearl yet. I was going to double feature it the other day. Did you see Barbarian? I did. And uh, I was going to see Barbarian and Pearl the same day, and I went saw Barbarian. Saw Barbarian. And I liked it a whole lot. Um, I'm not going to say anything about the plot. I'm not going to, huh? I've heard great things. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything about it because one of those movies, if I talk too much about, it probably spoils something about it. And how people well, are saying, like, go in blind. Huh? That's, uh, yeah, actually, I was watching an interview with, uh, on uh, Jimmy, I laugh at everything Fallon. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan. I hate Jimmy Fallon. Um, yeah, he's a terrible Tonight Show host. Conan, you were the MVP. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, he. they had Justin Long on the show. And he was like, <laughs> what about Barbarian? <laughs> it's good to see you a long time. Did you know <laughs> you get number one film? <laughs> it's like... Shut the fuck up, Jimmy Fallon. And then Justin Long is, you know, he was like, the director actually said we're not allowed to say anything about it. Yeah. He's, we can't, he's like, tell them there's people in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is almost, so. it's almost like kind of a spoiler, I think, in my mind that people know that Justin Long is in it. But I'll say this, like, yeah, go on blind. But I also say that about like, every movie except for Marvel films because you already know what those are going to be. But if it's another yeah, movie that's matter. not like a Marvel movie, a Star Wars film, or Disney film, then I say don't look up anything about it anyways. Just go in blind. But um, yeah, this movie definitely has its own twists and turns and stuff like that. And it didn't turn as much as I thought it would, but still, it's it's a good thing to just go in blind. Um, but I'm not going to spoil anything about the plot or say anything about the plot. What I will say is that like I mentioned last episode, it is written and directed by Zach Kreger who you will know from Wise Kids You Know. Um, this is his first feature film uh, directorial debut, at least solo, because he co-directed uh, Miss March with Trevor from uh, Wise Kids You Know. They both co-wrote that and co-directed it together. Trevor. Yeah. Um, so it definitely has some similarities to Get Out as far as like having somebody that's known to be a comedic voice go make a turn to do a horror film. Um, I think that the movie, uh, he really pulls out all the stops of just being like, Hey, I'm a new director. Like I'm going to like shoot the show, this and do all kinds of weird stuff directing and, you know, try to prove myself. And I think it works. I think his use of lighting is great. I think that he's, uh, has Bill Skarsgård in it. Good. Yeah, he's good. He's Bill Skarsgård. He's a good actor. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a good film going blind. I say that with any film. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's I think it's a really fun movie. Um, I think it has a really good mix of not only horror but also has kind of a dark humor to it. 
you know, so his kind of like comedy side kind of shows through, just like Jordan Pill, where there's a little bit of that dark humor in it. Um, so yeah, Barbarian's really good. I want to see Pearl. I was going to see Pearl right afterwards, but then I was kind of seeing like how many people are, were at each showing, and I was kind of like, ah, eh, if I go there and there's people talking, I'm gonna fucking lose it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I hate going to. I hate. Huh? You don't have me to hold you back. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't like going to horror movies in theaters normally because people don't shut the fuck up during if it's a full theater. <laughs> and I yeah, get annoyed at That happened to us during Hereditary, and we we're like, are you dumb? Because this is really fucking good. Like, shut yeah, up. It happened to, it happened to where me and Chris oh, saw God, Hereditary. You and Chris was fucking furious, you said. Chris, Chris, uh, our, <laughs> our best friends and probably listen to the podcast. Sorry, Chris. Uh, he, he was about to go beat the fuck out of somebody in a parking lot for uh, at the very, very end of hereditary where you finally figure out what's all going on and all this shit. This couple gets up and makes a whole fucking scene and leaves the theater because they figured out it was cult satanic shit, which they were not fans of, I guess. And they made a lot of noise as they left. One, and we'd already been drinking beforehand. <laughs> and Chris was not happy. Chris no. was. Chris went into the parking lot looking for these people, but they probably sped off because they thought the theater was actually possessed because they say Satan <laughs> at some point in the movie. <laughs> I don't believe they do. <laughs> I don't think they do either. But it's it is a demon. It's not movies of fucking demons, though. Who gives a fuck? How the, fuck were, they able, how the fuck were they able to figure out some fucking demon? Like, the they didn't figure that out. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you're a Christian, just don't watch horror movies. Like, you're going to find something that you're not going to like. Like, just don't watch it if you're a Christian. And that's not yeah. trying to be, like, bigoted. That's just the truth, because you're going to be all pissed off. If, but I can tell you, assassination 33 ad they go back in time and kill jesus before he's crucified you'll love it you will think wow this is so intelligent that's how easy it is to turn an atheist into a christian is is that so what's the when we talked about this movie last episode for anybody that wasn't listening is that like Blaze described this as some Christian movie where a, 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 a ex Navy SEAL or ex Marine uh, shoots Jesus uh, yeah. in the head and kills him before he's crucified? And it's a Christian film, but is it like how does it end? Like how is it a Christian film? Because it seems very unChristian. <laughs> huh? Oh, it ends with the atheist becoming Christian after realizing how bad everything is after Jesus died, but then. How the fuck did he know that Jesus died? Because he's the guy who made the time machine? Yeah. So it's but, not like a dream situation where it's like, or just like uh, 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 a simulation or something where it's like, here's what would happen if you murdered Jesus. Nope. So he just lives He just lives his life regularly after killing Jesus. Well, and that was then kind of like, my thing. You're like, up. oh God, like. What's gonna Why would he be an around? atheist? Why would he be an atheist if he killed Jesus? He saw him and shot him. Why would he be an he's atheist? He's not the atheist. Oh, he's not. The atheist is the guy who makes the time machine, whose girlfriend, who is also a super genius, 
and they totally play it like those like really horrible movies where they're like, you know, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say what a you know the Pythagorean theorem over and over again, and they'll be like, whoa, he's so fucking smart, and he's like, she's really smart too, but she's a Christian. And she's like, maybe you just need to let Jesus help you with the science. And it's like, Jesus does not help with science, ever. <laughs> what is your talking about? Jesus created science. If that's why we shot him. We can't do that science. We can't have that science getting out of the real world. Uh, Check it out. <laughs> God damn. I really hate those movies. Which I, you know. Okay, but, uh, yeah, it took a break there. But, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, you know, now that I'm talking about it out loud, like, it's funny. Like, I, I was going to say, like, oh, I guess I feel the same way they would have about Hereditary watching this movie. But I had a fucking blast watching that movie because it was so fucking stupid and ridiculous. Them, they're just kind of angry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I just, just don't watch horror. Like, and if you're a Christian, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and if you're and if you're a Christian, how are you a Christian? So whenever it's, it's proven that Jesus is real because he got shot. Yeah, he got <laughs> shot before he was able to die for your sins. Even that means he was real. <laughs> oh. That's, I think somebody's got a, a joke over here. What's that? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what we were saying. She was like, wait, but... He died anyway. Like, he dies either way. And it's like, yeah, yeah. the movie makes no fucking sense. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, it's still not as good as Lockin, though. Hey, there's a scary movie if you're a little Jesus <laughs> pal. Like, go check out The Lockin, where a scary porn magazine possesses a church. At a church lock-in and throws it them into the other realm. <laughs> I guess we haven't mentioned too much. I guess we talked about it a little bit, but you have fallen through, uh, fallen down quite the rabbit hole of Christian horror films made by uh, made by Christians. Yes, um, <laughs> it's a subgenre. Uh, um, it, uh, surprise! None of it's fucking scary, and all of no one dies ever. Except Jesus. <laughs> Ironically. The only, Jesus is the only person who dies in Christian movies. Even, even his own funny. followers. He won't even catch a break from his own followers. The only person that let him catch a fucking break was goddamn Martin Scorsese with Last Temptation of Christ. Whenever it's like, oh, Jesus says, fuck it, I'm not dying on the cross. I just, <laughs> it's just funny to think about that. Like, they're like, no, he had to die for my sins because I'm a fucking awful person. <laughs> like, uh, that's funny. Yeah, they, they, they like refused. I'm like, kill one of these children. I would like to see one of the children with the porn magazine be killed. And they're like, no, nah. like, here. <laughs> 
Yeah. Here's Jesus dead on the cross. <laughs> How's that got to look to like a tribal person? They're like, oh, we worship this guy. And it's just like this really sad looking white dude. I'm like nailed his shit. And they're like, oh, that's kind of morbid. Like. It's like Pat Oswalt's joke where it's like, you guys like torture porn, you will love the Old Testament. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, religion. The multiple passages that let you rape people and it's okay. I just like how Christians normally just ignore all that shit. They're just oh, like, yeah. well, actually, the New Testament, it's it's like that Lewis Black joke where it's like, Christians, they know like what the Jews wrote, so they just went and made a better sequel book. <laughs> <sighs> All right. I'm, let's, like, oh, let's, move on from, let's move on from shitting on these people. It's no. too easy. We could do it all day. <laughs> This whole podcast, like, what movie are we talking about? Anyways, <laughs> more about Christians. Is that Lucha? <laughs> yeah, that's Lucha. Scully! Look, that's Lucha, Scully. it's your brother. Scully. <laughs> Scully's in the house. That's canon now. They're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's canon. We're going we're gonna to make a cartoon called uh, Lucha and Lucha Scully. Lucha and Scully. <laughs> the new adventures. <laughs> Scully's our mascot. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's our little skeleton mascot. <laughs> this is him. <laughs> Blaze broke him at one point. I repaired wow. him, and now he's dealing with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what about you? You watch anything else? Other than Barbarian? Um, uh, I forget every time how amazing that film is. Which one? American Psycho. Oh yeah, that's good. We watch American Psycho. Um, I watch all of Phenomena. I don't think I ever got through all of Phenomena, but I did this time. Uh, uh, that's the Argento with the girl from Labyrinth, correct? Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer yeah, Connelly. yeah. Decent. And Donald Pleasance is in it also. Definitely not I like one of our I like that one. It's not like my favorite of his, but yeah, it's got a gratuitous Iron Maiden and Motorhead in it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's fine. <laughs> they, keep, they keep on playing Flash of the Blade for some reason, but it doesn't really fit at all, but they keep on playing it. Um, I don't think there's really anything else I watched. Um, just busy working, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Barbarian. Check it out. Watch Barbarian. Oh, I have a piece <laughs> of news. Okay. So... As you've seen, we've been kind of doing, like, record an episode, release the one episode later in the week. So then it's, yeah. like, consistently coming out at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, we really need to talk about naming them because <laughs> I've just been, like, I'm, like, fuck, I gotta put this up. And then I'm, like, oh, wait, I did. I fucking, I'll name it myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I'm like, oh, Blaze is coming up with it. It's fine. Do they work? I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. I thought Mama Crispy and her burnt biddies was good. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that one was fine. I got, I got since you didn't release the one we did last time, where we're a little bit late on releasing that. Uh, we, we did. That. Did you the the perfect blue? Yeah. Did you just release it today? Yeah, today. 
Oh, okay. Not even look up, look at the stuff. I was going to, but I just kind of like kept on living my life. <laughs> That's how most people see our podcast. We boo, we boo if you do is the name of the new episode. <laughs> I was going to say perfect blue of a D of a dub, but you said we boo a do. <laughs> we boo if you do. We boo if you do. We boo if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> that works. All right. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening to this, uh, I didn't even know <laughs> our newest episode was out <laughs> as of this recording. <laughs> but it's out. So listen to that while you're listening to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen to this later in the week and then listen to the other one again. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess it's time for our main topic. <laughs> All right. Trailer time. Trailer time. <laughs> Mrs. Peterson? Yes? My name is David. Mrs. Peterson, I, uh, I knew your son, Caleb. I was with him when he died. That's me. You know Caleb? Yes, ma'am. We are pretty close. <laughs> yes, ma'am. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. Thanks. He asked me to check on y'all. And so, we're gonna be good friends. What happened? I got into a fight with some guys at school. I'll teach him some self-defense when he's feeling up to it. What are you gonna do? Nothing bad. <laughs> For the damages. Never let anyone pick on you. Here. Keep it. Miss Peterson, are you sure you're comfortable with me staying here? I think it could be a good thing for us. You know, I promised Caleb I would do anything I could to help your family. But I'm afraid I haven't been fully honest with you. It's no problem. All right. The guest. Blaze's well, first time watching after dicking around for six years and maybe like, we're just moving. Yeah. Blaze, Blaze made me cry many a time. I did. That was the goal. <laughs> and now you finally watched it. <laughs> what do you think? I loved it. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> yeah well that's that's what happens <laughs> um yeah the ghost came out in 2014 directed by adam wingard and uh written by simon bear we talked about simon bear in previous episode and wingard as well um around fall last year we were talking a lot about him because he um had a segment in vhs 94 which we also talked about earlier this episode <laughs> yeah and uh the probably the best segment of vhs 94 i think 
No. Oh, Simon, wait, Simon, wait. Barrett, Simon Barrett then? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the devil may take you two guys. No, 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 no. Simon Barrett. The one with the uh the wake, where it's like the body in the casket. That was his segment on it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the best one. Um, I, I do too. That was my yeah. favorite. And uh, and then we reviewed his directorial debut, Seance. Was that his directorial debut? Uh, feature length, yeah. Because he's yeah, normally good. a writer. He's normally a I writer. I like Seance. Uh, like we talked on that episode, I like the end 10 to 15 minutes. I think that's where it felt like he kind of loosened up and had a little bit more of that uh, dark humor that you see in like the guest or you're next. Um, yeah. The guest is one of the many uh, collaborations between him and Adam Wingard. Um, prior to the guest, um, Adam Wingard directed and Simon Barrett wrote You're Next. Then they did the guest. Then they did, um, which I guess they were contracted to do this before they did the guest. Um, but they did the sequel to Blair Witch, or I guess it's technically the third movie. But Book of Shadows? <laughs> no, no, it retcons Book of Shadows. The one they put out the the Salem, uh, the Blair Witch. I'll say Salem Witch Trials. Jesus Christ, uh, the Blair Witch movie that came out like 2015. Oh yeah, that was kind of like acted as a direct sequel to the original one. I never saw it. Um, I, I haven't even seen this. I haven't even seen Book of Shadows either. But uh, they they directed and wrote that, um, and they also did a couple of the segments there. The first VHS and VHS two. Um, they collaborate a lot. They recently they haven't done anything together since Blair Witch, but um, they're collaborating again on uh, the next Kong versus Godzilla film, or Godzilla versus Kong film, which Adam Wingard directed that first Godzilla versus Kong. Right, movie came out last year, the year before last, yeah, which actually I thought was pretty fun. I liked that new one, um, but Simon Bear will be co-writing the new one with them, so it's kind of cool to see them working together. But in 2014, they put out the guest, um, and the guest is what happens if you take Halloween and you mash it with Terminator, <laughs> which is. Adam Wingard's idea of what he wanted to do with it. Um, what else before we get into it? We're, we're going to be talking full spoilers. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, check it out. Where I think you rent it at most places for four bucks. Not the Blu-ray. How did you watch it? Uh, it was on Amazon. Is it free on Amazon? Uh, you rent if it? you have a certain subscription, it is. Yeah, I can't remember which it is. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, seek it out. It's worth, if you had to run it, run it. If you just watch it with that subscription, then do it because it's worth a watch. I think it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll get into more of it as we kind of go along with the behind the scenes and stuff. But um, you want to start or you want me to start? Um, I can start. Okay. So we begin with a uh, man asking if his son if he was ready to go somewhere. And they go somewhere. <laughs> School, I believe. Um, then we see the wife just kind of sitting there 
solemnly. Um, and then a knock, gonna ring at the door. And here's this handsome young gentleman um, who uh, asks, you know, is she Miss Peterson? And she's like, yes, I, I am Miss Peterson. <laughs> and uh, turns out this guy was a buddy of what apparently is her deceased son uh, from the army. Yeah. And he had just gotten out of a medical facility. Uh, and that's why he was able to come sooner. And he introduces his name. He introduces himself as David. David Collins. David Collins. And she, yeah, and he, he he knew her son, Caleb. And even shows her the picture of him with them. He doesn't... Sh- well, yeah, she has the picture. And just kind she of has it in her house, and he says, there, there I, I am. am. Yeah. So clearly she is grieving from the loss of her recently deceased son. And he gives her some closure. Yep, and... She does not want that closure to go. <laughs> she sure doesn't. Because it seems that whenever they were overseas together before Caleb died, he wanted David to give him a message to his family saying, hey, I will always love you, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And he goes and delivers that message to Mrs. Peterson. And uh, he's about to leave. She's like, oh, where'd you come from? He's like, oh, I ran, I ran from the bus stop here. Which I guess is miles and miles away. As we see the house, it's it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's it's a small like farmhouse, like down a dirt road. So we had to run a long way to get there. And she's like, Oh my god, like just just like stay here, relax, whatever. And she definitely doesn't want to leave. Um she wants him to meet her daughter, played by uh Micah Monroe. Same uh, uh, protagonist from It Follows. From It Follows and Watcher, which I talked about a couple yeah. episodes ago. Um, yeah, she's, um, or, or as I like to call her, Baby, Quen- uh, Baby Gwen Stefani. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> and she's a, uh, she's, she's kind of a, uh, she's kind of a goth girl, <laughs> kind of. Alternative. Yeah, she's kind of the alternative girl, which is kind of interesting because uh, there's a really good interview with Simon Barrett on Red Letter Media where they're talking about the guest. And he talks about how, like, since him and Adam Wingard um, both grew up in, like, small, like, towns like this movie set in, is that whenever you're kind of, like, a miscast, you can you kind of become a counterculture of one. And that's right. kind of, like, what Michael Monroe's character is where he's writing her, where she's like, yeah, she's into, like, this goth industrial kind of music, and she kind of has a style, and she doesn't kind of blend in that much with all the people we see or hang out with and stuff. Um, she is put off by David immediately. Good intuition. Uh, huh? Good intuition. <laughs> Pretty good intuition. She's like, this guy's being very pleasant. Fuck him. Cause he is, he's very charming. He's played by Dan Stevens, um, which prior to this movie, I mean, he's been a lot of things since, um, he's a star of Legion. He was in the Beauty right. of the Beast remake. He's a lot of different things. But before this, he's known for Downton Abbey. Um, so this is playing very much against type for him. I think this is the first time he played a bad guy. I don't know if he played a bad guy since then, really. But um, 
this is very much why you want to do the role is because he's like, Hey, I want to, I want to uh, play a bad guy for once. Spoilers, <laughs> spoilers. He's a bad guy. <laughs> tell and, you. Uh, he does a fantastic <laughs> job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but continue on. Yes. So daughter's put off by him. She goes to work her night job at the diner. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick snippet of the son getting bullied for literally no reason at school. Uh, they're like, hey, you stand like a fucking loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> he gets slammed into a locker by one guy violently, right? And I wrote a note down because it's a group of bullies. They're like the generic like 80s, 90s bullies where one slams him against a locker. And it's like, oh, man. And he has his whole crew and you're like, oh, they're going to beat him up. And they just gingerly bully him after that. Or <laughs> they kind of get up. It's like, you know, they kind of like maybe whispering something in his ear or something like that. Or one does I like. I don't know. Like the only thing I, I didn't really hear what the guy whispered. <laughs> and I like the first thing that came to my mind was he was just like, I'm sorry. That was a little too far. And <laughs> like, it just runs off. Like that. Darren's going through a lot of stuff right now. Like. <laughs> He's going through puberty still. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> His mom has cervical cancer. <laughs> Lucia, get out of my fucking hair, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's... he's uh, Brendan Meyer plays his son. Um, I can't remember what the character's name is, though. Luke. Luke. Um, and Luke... So, yeah, Luke is getting bullied at school. Um, their father... Um, uh, keeps getting passed up for promotion at his job. He does not have a degree. Because he doesn't have a degree. Um, also probably an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, you could you could say that. Um <laughs> I mean he literally was like, oh, I need a drink after like literally anything stressful. So. He says that about to say in, in most in most scenes. Oh, it's um, kinda hot in here. I need a drink. Like <laughs> I hurt my toe. I need a drink. And, and he's played by Leland Oser, um, who people probably know best as... I mean, he's one of those character actors you see a lot. Um, but Leland Oser was uh, in Seven. Um, it was probably like one of his first roles. But in Seven, he is the guy that... Um, you don't see it happen, but you see him in the interview after. But John Doe makes him put on a, a strap on that's a razor blade and have sex with a woman until she dies. That's one of the sins in seven. But he's the guy that's like telling them the story and like the interrogation room after. That's Leland Orser. Um, he plays a dad in this movie. He was also in Daredevil. He was in a whole bunch of other stuff. He's one of these characters. Actually, if you saw him, you probably know who he is. Um, and their mom is, and their mom has only like one mode. Also, the actress that <laughs> plays yeah. her mom doesn't have what you would call um, range. <laughs> she kind of reacts to every situation exactly the same. Slightly concerned. <laughs> That's all. Um, every every moment. But she's she's grieving. Uh, but yes, David is. Um, he's this. He, he, you can tell there's something wrong with David almost immediately because it's this weird thing of that. Whenever the mom is like, hey, why don't you just stay here? She lets him go into what was Caleb's room. And she's like, just stay here. And he's like, okay. He's like, you need anything? He's like, no, ma'am, that's all right, because he's got a very Kentucky accent. 
she closes the door and he sits down on the bed and he just zones out. He just stares at the wall, like everything. It's like nothing's there. But I guess what Simon Barrett said whenever they were writing this movie is that he took inspiration from like, just like your next um, in this film are both like twists on subgenres that he became a fan of, but never saw a movie that he was quite like enamored with that came from it. So this is a play on those military movies that were coming around in the mid 2000s to early 2010s that were like post-Iraq films like Valley of Ela or um, Stop Loss or Home of the Brave or something like that, where these movies about like man comes back from Iraq and comes into like a family's life and changes their life for the better. Like, you know, Marine going and shooting Jesus in the face and then coming back yeah. to <laughs> making all our lives better. Going back to Mary's house and making her life better. Um, but yeah, it's about these like American soldier man coming there and, you know, changing a family's life for the better. Yay, yay God and yay America. Um, and it's like, well, I want to do the opposite where he does, but then it goes like completely the other way. Uh, just like your next was like, he want to make a subgenre where it's like, we haven't had a good, like, he's like the strangers and things like that were really good. But he said it'd been a long time since he saw a really like fun home invasion film. That was like really interesting. And your next and the guests are both filled with black comedy. Like there's a lot of really dark humor and him and Adam Wingard think that both of these movies are funnier than they are scary. <laughs> They're like, look what we got away with making this movie, which I guess does have a lot of humor in it, I think, every time I rewatch well, I it. I think the whole idea of, like, as we were saying, how it's it's kind of the story. Well, I guess I'm not going to jump that far ahead. Because, um, but no, I, I think it's just, it's definitely, oh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, it's definitely more of a thriller than anything. And uh, Well, they said they wanted to make a horror movie with the pacing of a thriller. Yeah, and that's what it was, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... uh but yeah. David is, um... kind of going and, and, and becoming, like, part of these people's lives. Um, little by little, uh, he is, um, like we said, he's very handsome. Oh yeah. Uh, he's very charming. He's very polite. Um, and he has this kind of like Southern kind of charm to him, you know, good old boy, all American kind of charm, blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, Steve Rogers type. And, um, he, uh, Where's a good place to go from here? Is it... Um... Well, I think the important thing is, you know, to, to pick up the pace and just kind of skip, like, the minute details. Uh, next day we start is him coming in the car and uh, Luke coming in the car from school, and it's David who's picking him up. Yeah, he's expecting his mom to be the one that's driving, but it's actually David. <laughs> And, uh, Dave, uh, you know, David had noticed the, the thing on his eye or the swelling around his eye and was like, nah, like, this is just, uh, um, what I'm trying to say, he was like, oh, I got hit with a football in PE. And he's like, that can happen. Like, <laughs> and, 
<laughs> gets in the car with David, and uh, David's like, who did it? And he's like, what are you going to do? Like, nothing. I'm not going to do anything. And um, so he points out the kids who did it. And uh, notice uh, they're driving home. And they notice these kids' cars at a bar. Oh, no, they don't. They don't notice just have noticed the bar. He follows them. Oh, he follows them. Oh, yeah, okay. he tells them. <laughs> And he found out they were uh, letting them drink underage because they were all on the football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so David says, I need a drink. What about you? And he's like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need it. And he's like, all right, well, you wait in the car. I'm going in and having a drink. Join me <laughs> if you want. And eventually he's like, okay, fine. So he goes in, sits down with him. And the the four college or not uh, four high school douchers are sitting around with their uh, uh, bicycle girls and <laughs> bicycle girls. <laughs> you know what they are. <laughs> sure. Uh, I see what you mean. <laughs> It took me a second. <laughs> oh, you got it now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well so, played. <laughs> so David gets uh, a drink that I've never heard of, which is uh, cinnamon schnapps in Tabasco, which sounds. What's gross. it called though? What's the fucking I name? Remember what he called it, but it's fucking gross sounding. It sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds it's, awful. It's, it's Tabasco and. No, it's pa- it was. Cinnamon schnapps, right? Cinnamon. cinnamon schnapps, yeah. Yeah, cinnamon. It fucking gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it comes in the play. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, he drinks it. He offers a Luke. Luke is like, fuck that. <laughs> and, it's Luke and, and Yeah. And, and David is able to just shoot it down straight. And Luke is like, how do you do that? And David's like, alcoholism. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He's just like, I don't know. Just used to him. But it's his favorite drink, which is another red flag. <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> red flag if your favorite drink. Is cinnamon stops the Tabasco sauce. I would hate to know what your favorite food is. <laughs> like fucking gross. Um, yeah, disgusting. Yeah, but can you go on? <laughs> so he's sitting there and kind of staring down the the group that has abused poor Luke. And he goes to the bartender, and the bartender's like, well, you know, I need to see his ID and blah, blah, blah before I get you guys any drinks. And he's like, yeah, I know none of them are of age, and you don't ID them, and I could make a big deal about this. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, what do you want? And so he says, I would like to order blowjob shots for those <laughs> girls at that table, and then I want to order Cosmopolitan's. For all the men over at that table. And the drinks are... Which, okay, as something else I'm going to point out. Anyone 
no matter what drink, if somebody just buys me a drink, like, I don't drink. care if it's, like, a fucking apple teeny, it's gonna be, like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, that was so nice. It could be a fucking Coke Zero that's warm. And I'd be like, well, that was really nice. They thought enough to give me a warm Coke Zero. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, but I guess I guess because they're high school kids, a cosmopolitan gives them a case of the not gays, and they be like, "What? That's a ladies' drink." It's like the Hannibal Buress joke where he's like talks about how he likes giving his uh, high school age nephew shit by making fun of him jerking off because he said nothing makes a high schooler matter than joking about them jerking off. <laughs> it's kind of like that. We're just like, cosmopolitan, I'm not gay. I don't know. At any age, I was pretty much like any alcohol. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. But they take it very offensively. Which yeah, they're David, like all pissy. Yeah, which David was counting on. Yeah, which David was counting on. And they came up and he's like, well, I don't want your fucking drink and splashes in his face and then with his little pep cinnamon schnapps and tabasco goes well why don't you try mine richard nixon voice of his <laughs> i don't know why it sounds like that yeah he does to me <laughs> and not, not in the movie he doesn't but the way i talk about it makes him sound like richard nixon so I'm like, well, why don't you try some mine <laughs> Well, I mean, that's how it sounded a little Nicky, but all right. Yeah. Get in the flask. <laughs> he told us high schoolers to get in the flask. <laughs> and uh, so he, he throws the drink in their eyes, and he immediately goes, my eyes. And, uh, <laughs> because it's cinnamon schnapps and Tabasco sauce. Right. We're going to be smelled it, probably have the same reaction. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like they could. Uh, Again, if somebody was like, here, this is free, I'd be like, oh, boy, <laughs> just drink it. Like, but uh, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I mean, I would be thankful. <laughs> it's called fucking manners. <laughs> count, count your blessings, everybody. You never know when Jesus may get assassinated. You never know. And you'll and then you'll be begging for Tabasco and cinnamon schnapps, because the guy who uh, made that drink sins weren't forgiven, and he was smited by the Lord God Almighty. That's life. And then so that whole done. part of the movie's gone. And then what? <laughs> he is just a guest. <laughs> Your guest is as good as mine. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, no, but um, so then comes this uh, pretty great scene of a grown man beating up high schoolers. <laughs> and also, he doesn't just beat them up. <laughs> he like breaks bones. He fucks their whole world up. Like <laughs> he savagely beats them. <laughs> Pretty fascinating, and um, they start going after Luke, but he immediately finds the guy grabbing Luke and snaps his ankle in twine. <laughs> and you know, it's funny, like, it's like David kept, like, uh, in, in the course of this movie, David keeps doing, like, terrible things to people that benefit the family, 
Mm-hmm. And I know I was sitting there like for a long time and I'm like, would I tattle on this guy? <laughs> like, I don't know. I well, don't know. <laughs> I, I, I got to retort to that, but I'll say it before a little bit later. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, there's nothing I want to say about it. Um, but wait till we get a little bit deeper into the plot. But yeah, he, he, he is he is helping the family as, as we find out. So he, he defends Luke. The bartender's like, Hey, we'll call the cops. Like, no, you're not, because you're uh, you're going to tell them that that these underage kids came in here and they're bullying you and they drank all your booze and uh, whatever. And it gives them like a couple hundred bucks in hush money, and he's yeah. like, that or they're going to fucking shut you down if not. So he gets away with just beating the fuck out of underage kids, <laughs> which is um, awesome. I wish yeah. I had that kind of money. <laughs> Pretty great. Just to and beat I mean, up children. Like, they would be way younger than high schoolers, though. <laughs> high schoolers probably kick my ass because I'm, like, so broken. <laughs> They're like, oh, my back is hurting. I was in this chair, and I sat wrong, and I slept wrong, and my neck's all fucked up. So it'd be like, uh, what about these toddlers? And I'm like, yeah, here's, like, $300. I'm going to beat the shit out of these. <laughs> 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 that would be a. Uh, they just have that they have their baby bottles full of alcohol that they shouldn't have. <laughs> well, hold on, they're not babies. They're not defenseless. They're just defenseless against me. Like they could fight each other and win. But like, how old are they? Like three? Like four or five? Maybe. Okay. All right. Well, that's reasonable. Like give them a give them a, a head start. Like they can punch me in the balls a few times. But I'm gonna way overthink that. Uh, I'm going to already be wearing a cup, so it's, like, going to do nothing to me. And, I mean, these children's these children are going to get smoked. Like, Yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to get smoked like that, like that uh, uh, cinnamon schnapps and Tabasco sauce, just burnt the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, so imagine me in a bar buying an underage kid a drink, and then I'm like, hey, man, that's the that's the guy who uh, drew the elephant pink, and you said you wanted to draw a pink elephant, and he picked it first. And then the kindergarten teacher was like, "Oh, well, you have to choose a different color." I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna get those little fuckers some cosmopolitans, and then they're gonna be like, I don't want this mixture. You know, I I don't drink alcohol. I don't. My mama eat, and it's actually an Applebee's, and they're actually just fucking eating with their families. And I order all these fucking toddlers some cosmopolitans. The toddlers' parents come and throw the drink in my face, saying, "What are you thinking?" And I'm like, "Okay, you started it." And then I go beat the shit out of their kid. <laughs> Like right in front of them. <laughs> why, do, why do the children have little Italian accents? Ah, Mister, please. <laughs> what do they sound like? Mister, please, I do not drink the Cosmopolitans. <laughs> yes, I'm no Cosmopolitan for me, please. That is where spaghetti comes from. I mean, he was like, good because all I got for you is a knuckle fucking sandwich. <laughs> You're like, I'm a veteran. I do what I want. <laughs> hey, I'll do the cheap, motherfucker. <laughs> it's basically what David's doing this whole movie. I'm a veteran, so I'm allowed to. D- David, like, David, please, please. <laughs> I'm not a, not a my boy Giuseppe. 
Don't hurt him, my boy Giuseppe. He'll be like, please, papa. Papa, please stop the man from beating me. Please, he hurt me so bad. And I'm just wailing on this motherfucker. <laughs> like, this kid, he is looking like a, like an underdone Applebee's <laughs> quesadilla burger. Like, he is a mess. <laughs> uh, understandably. <laughs> Well, I mean, D- David. David is in the equivalent of this movie of doing what he wants. Is, is so as I'm much... beating up these toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> David is pretty much the equivalent of a uh, uh, an oversized truck with a uh, army veteran license plate on it. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, pretty much riding your ass, like go in the other fucking lane. Why are you driving like such a dick? <laughs> Just you know what I'm talking about. Those guys. That's what David is in his people's lives right now. Um, but yeah, he 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 is he is helping. Like he's beating up underage kids. Um, he's uh 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 I guess the next thing that happens would be that um Micah Monroe, goddamn, what's her character's name? What's the daughter's name? Lucas. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Anna, her mom tells her that uh, she's like, oh, I'm going out to this party. Bring this random guy who showed up at our door yesterday to a a high school party with my young, young daughter. Yeah, it, it fucking it, well, it's not a high school party. She's twenty. They're 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 out of I, high school. I, you know what? You you know, Paige said that too, and I was like, fuck, yeah. I keep forgetting. Like, I don't know. She just looks very young. Yeah, she she looks like she could be a senior. In in uh in high school, but uh yeah, she's uh uh no, she goes, she has to take David to the party she's going to, which um her boyfriend's at. And also before this, like there was already things that came up. Um, their dad was always like, "Hey, what the? What if he has fucking PTSD? Like, what if he's like wigged out from like the war and stuff?" And and but the mom was like, "No, it's fine." And he's like, fine, I'll just drink. You see that picture in our living room? And it's like, yeah. that's a Dollar General frame. We never put a picture in it. We don't know who that guy is. Yeah. It says it just, $5 on the top of his head. Well, that means he's famous, too. He's Dollar General famous? He's a Dollar General model. We, um, so, uh... uh yeah, they go to the party. Um, Anna has a boyfriend who is a burnout. Um, and also, this is another reason to watch this movie around this time. I forgot to mention this earlier, is that this movie is set during fall. And there's a lot of cool little Halloween scenes through it, I think. Um, oh, there's yeah. a lot of like, scarecrows in like, the uh, background. There's pumpkins and stuff like that. The most unbelievable part of this movie is the school's budget. <laughs> We'll get to that. Yes, yeah. but it's awesome. It's so fucking cool. Um, but yeah, the, the, so they go to a cool Halloween party. Um, they get there. Anna just runs in. Whatever. Uh, David. Well, no, they, she doesn't run in. They go there. Um, her best friend answers the door. Uh, her best friend and coworker. They both work at the diner together. We find yeah, out Kristen. later on. Yeah, Kristen. Um, and uh, she, she's like, uh, oh, I got to get the kegs out of the car. And David's like, I'll go get the kegs. And he lifts two full fucking kegs into the house by himself. <laughs> and everybody's yeah. like, 
Oh, wow. Look at him. He's also big and strong and handsome and, and very nice. <laughs> uh, and and uh, so automatically, Kristen just wants to bang the fucking shit out of, out of David. But I mean, who, who does it? Come yeah, on. Yeah, no, I, I kind of <laughs> thought the same thing. I'm like, huh. <laughs> like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm learning a lot about myself during this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna need you to kill my parents so I can stop feeling this way about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, so, so, uh, they're at the party. Um, uh, we get introduced to well, we got introduced to Anna's boyfriend, Sam, previously, whatever they were on a yes, swing set of park and with his time boy, David. His, I, I, I always like confuse like how like you know girls are like oh I'm hanging out with my girlfriend and then it's like when I say like oh he's a boy and he's hanging out with his boyfriend I'm like uh, that never like people will not take that like, <laughs> right. not his boyfriend it's a friend who's a boy <laughs> and uh, Craig Craig well we get introduced to well her boyfriend is Zeke right well, we. We can introduce to Craig, who's played by uh, Joel David Moore. And I look him up because it's one of those guys you see. Like, oh, it's that guy. And dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, dodgeball and hatchet, and uh, other things. Uh, yeah, and Joel David Moore is um, he is their other stoner burnout friend. Um, but he's like, hey, David. Uh, I really support the troops and all that. It's like support the troops, like not joining the military. He's like, <laughs> like I, what, well, I have bad asthma. Oh yeah. Like, it's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like it's one of these assholes. He's like, ah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he does that a lot. Also, David, where you see him, like you see something click behind his eyes. And then he's like, I'm just fucking with you. Which by the way, most times, uh, I didn't notice until I rewatched it and then I got verification about, but Dan Stevens on purpose. And whenever you have close ups of him talking, he doesn't blink his eyes on purpose. Hmm. Um, to show another little hint that something's not quite right with this guy. But yeah, uh, Kristen gets him alone in a room. Oh, well, before that, while they're at the party, uh, David is talking to Kristen at, um, at like in the kitchen. And her asshole ex-boyfriend shows up. Yeah, he's he put, a real dickhole. He actually was asking for it. He puts he puts some of those kids that <laughs> David beat up, but he puts his hands on her, and David smashes his fucking head through a frame. Part of the same picture frame that that David is. That was for Dollar General. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's you. Yeah, and he's it's just, just like, why the fuck do you buy frames without pictures? <laughs> Like, he, like, why are you so many? He's like, you guys think I'm fucking crazy. You're all buying Dollar General picture frames, not putting new pictures in. Just hanging them up. <laughs> That's crazy as hell. <laughs> and after being the fuck, this is kind of like David saying, he just beats the fuck out of people. <laughs> He's like, that's it. Send me back to Afghanistan. I can't stand these people. <laughs> <laughs> so after that she's like hey you want to go to the room and he's like all right and they go to her room 
and she's like, it's getting hot and heavy, and he's not getting hard until I guess he takes control. And then she's like, oh, maybe you are into this, um, which I guess is supposed to be another flag. Like, uh oh, he's not right because he likes to be dominant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would also like to see if, like, if that scene would have kept on going, where if she would have made fun of him being flaccid. If he would have snapped. If he would have just killed her. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my thought. I was like, nah, this is a setup for a kill is what's going to happen. And then he goes through with it and they come out. I'm like, oh. (laughs) So he goes and talks to Craig after that. That's when he's telling how he's like, oh, no, I support the troops and blah, 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 blah. And then David's like, hey, can you give me some fucking guns? (laughs) He's like, yeah. (laughs) It's, It's that easy to buy a gun. Actually, in America, it is. But yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, is that surprising? Like, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get you all the fucking guns you want. It's like, awesome. Here, I only use a burner phone. So he gives him a burner, and he's like, I'll be in touch. And uh, Anna, during this time, gets an argument with Zeke, her boyfriend, because I guess he's going on tour, and she's not happy about it. Um, and he's also a fucking loser. Um, is he? <laughs> he's kind of a burnout. He's kind of like a... Loser. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, though. Well, um, I mean, her dad doesn't say great things about him. Uh, He did. Her dad's not a great guy. Well, yeah, but also, like, she was underage whenever. It seems like Zeke. It seems like Zeke. Oh, this is the hill you're going to die on. (laughs) Zeke. <laughs> it seems like from what her dad says that Zeke was uh well over um age whenever she was underage when they started dating. Oh yeah, I guess that is weird. Yeah. That part. Um <clears throat> yeah, fuck him. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, David gets in the car with her and they're driving back and uh she's upset and David's talking to her and She's like, he's like, oh, well, what's wrong? Is Zeke being old dick, a dickhead <laughs> or whatever the fuck? And she's like, yeah. And she's complaining about him. And he's like, well, if I had a girl like you, I never would have went overseas. And then they start talking about the the music she has playing in the car. He's like, I and like that, this. And she's like, oh, wow. Yeah, which, which actually becomes kind of a plot point, uh, a recurring element. Is that he's like, oh, well, she's like, I can make you like a mixtape if you want. It's like, can you put this song on it? And she's like, okay. Um, and this is the thing where you think it's going to be a romantic subplot in it. But never, it, there never really is. No, it looks like she's kind of got like an interest. But uh, like we said, <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, again. And, and, you know, there's a scene... Um, because, you know, there, there's a scene whenever she's trying to go to the bathroom, I think to get ready for the party. This happened before the party, actually. Um, and she thinks Luke is in the bathroom, but it's actually David. He opens up the door and steam blows out of the bathroom. And he walks out in just a towel. He's all, like, super fucking ripped and stuff. And, like, Sisters of Mercy is playing. <laughs> Sisters of Mercy is playing in the scene and stuff. And she's like, oh, my. And everybody else that probably watches the scene is like, oh, my. <laughs> He's got and that like, V oh, no. thing. Huh? He's got that V thing going yeah, he's got on. Yeah, the V thing and all the that. Very, which is funny. Huh? What were you going to say? Which is kind of like the, the Hollywood epitome of hot or not. <laughs> you got to have the V. <laughs> yeah. But, but, 
What I understand is, uh, so that scene is uh, before this movie, he was doing something. He was, I don't know. He was in some other film where he had to drop a lot of weight and he was like skin and bone for it. Uh, from what Adam Wingard says, he looked like uh, Christian Bell, the machinist. Like he dropped down that weight for this role. And wherever he for this role, he's like, I really want this role. Do whatever. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll put the weight back on. And um, so like the first day of shooting, they gave him a dietitian and a personal trainer. He spent two hours a day in the gym, uh, even on days of shooting. Um, and he did beef up. But there are some times when you watch this movie where he'll seem skinnier. But then there's like that scene where he's like super, super big and in shape because they wanted like a big, like macho military type for David. Um, but they shot the movie out of out of order, of course, like you normally do with film. Um, so his weight will keep on his muscle tone and definition and his uh, size changes scene to scene, which I do notice. Um, but yeah, you think there's gonna be this subplot between him and Anna there. There isn't. <laughs> It never, yeah. it never comes to fruition. And uh, uh, this was around this movie he did it was around like the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. But whatever movie he'd done, like right beforehand, or uh, maybe this came out in 2016. Then. It came 2016. It came in 2014. Oh, uh, oh gosh. Yeah, this came out 2014. Okay, so I'm trying to. Don't know what I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious. I want to know what he, why he I would. It may have been the fifth estate. Maybe, I don't know. It's one of these, or maybe summer or February. I don't know. There's some movie they did. Um, it's probably also on the I am. Oh no, it was um, it was Walk Among the Tombstones. That it was Walk Among the Tombstones that he got really skinny for. Oh okay. He's also um, going to be in Godzilla versus Kong 2. <laughs> there you go. From Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? The cemetery what? Walk Among, walk among the Tombstones. Okay. See how he's super skinny in it? Yeah, he did get really skinny for it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, David is now, you know, you think the subplot's going to happen between him and, uh, uh, Anna also mentioning the mixtape is a good little, um, place to put this is that I love the music for this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I was like, Oh, Rocky would dig this soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> this soundtrack is right up my alley because it's goth. And it's goth industrial um, and synth wave as fuck. Um, it's got an awesome soundtrack made up from Love and Rockets. There's a few Clan of Zymox songs on there. Sisters of Mercy, which I'm wearing my Sisters of Mercy shirt right now because of it. Uh, have a song on it. Annie. Me too. Um, <laughs> you got a Yob shirt on. <laughs> um, Annie. Oh, um, this was Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> survive. A bunch of awesome uh bands make up the soundtrack but the score was done by a guy named steve moore uh, we mentioned that this movie is highly influenced it's if terminator meets halloween but they're also super super influenced by halloween 3 for this film and blaze you're gonna love this steve moore went with his own money 
He didn't like get extra money to do this. He did with his own money, went and bought the synthesizers and equipment that they record that John Carpenter used to record the Halloween three soundtrack or score. And the score of this movie is on the, those Halloween three instruments. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. I do love that. <laughs> and they even have, have the nod to Halloween three in the movie. They do. It's always kind of like that, you know, it kind of has a Halloween three reference of being like, Oh, uh, you have this character trying to kind of investigate what's going on. It kind of has an investigative feel of Halloween three, which I've always liked about Halloween three, which other people don't, they find it boring quote unquote. Um, which I never agree with. I kind of like that there's kind of a mystery element, like what the fuck is going yeah, on in this small town and all that. And it kind of gets wilder as it goes along, which I think is the same thing with the guests, where you're like, what's wrong with this guy? And it gets wilder and wilder as it kind of goes along. Um, yeah, uh, David goes to buy guns. Um, uh, Zeke, not Zeke, fucking uh, Craig and. Um, I don't know what the other character's name is, but I don't think they he, really gave him a name. No, but he's played by Ethan Embry. Um, I know who Ethan Embry is. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff, but uh, he's going to do him the guns. And uh, David's like, I'll just take the guns from you. He's like, what? They're like, well, I'll sell you all of them. He's like, oh, I need to fucking pay for them. I'm going to kill you. Uh, he which does. He, does. he kills both of them. <laughs> He kills both of them and takes all their guns, which is a shitload of handguns and an M16 and some fucking grenades. Uh, during this time, we also find out that uh, the dad's, um, I don't know, rival at work, but the guy that he got passed over promotion for yep. um, winds up dead. Uh, Drug overdose somehow. Him, him and his girlfriend, but there's also bruises on his girlfriend, but it doesn't look like there's force entry or anything. Um, also, we find out not long after uh, is that Anna overhears a fo- uh, David on the phone call, on a phone call trying to get in touch with a plastic surgeon. Yep. About how he's trying to stay off the grid and he's got to go down south to get some stuff done. So she's immediately like, wait, who the fuck is this guy? What's up with them? Why does he want plastic surgery all of a sudden? Yeah. Um, Also during this time, uh, while she's trying to figure everything out, um, uh, uh, Zeke gets arrested. Um, Or Yeah. Cops pull him over and they find the gun that killed Craig and the gun dealer in the car. With them, so uh, it's not looking good for them. You know, the whole time you're like, okay, David is doing all this stuff. You don't even see it, right? Uh, also, in this time, he's still bonding with Luke. Him and Luke are building a stronger relationship as it kind of goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, he even gives him a uh, switchblade knife. Butterfly knife. Butterfly knife, not switchblade. Butterfly knife. Um, after they carve pumpkins together. Yeah. <laughs> They carve pumpkins together. I mean, yes. him and Luke are becoming fast friends. Yeah. I feel like Luke, they kind of stayed that way. Even kind of, yeah. Well, yeah, they do in a way. Um, so uh, Annex keeps on trying to investigate. Nobody believes her, of course. Um, she tracks his burner phones, trying to find out like people he called and stuff. And then she decides to find out who David Collins really is and calls the military 
a military base and be like, hey, there's a guy here. We don't know who he is. I get information from. We find out that David Collins, all his files are restricted. So the lady at the base had pulled up his files, calls a number that gives them, and we get introduced to Lance Reddick's character, mm-hmm. who plays Major Carver. Um, and Lance Reddick's like, excuse me? He works for a, a group called the KPB, I think? KBP? Something like yeah, something like that. Um, I don't have the sheet up right now. Um, yeah. Something like that. Um, some government organization is like, wait, they found him? Like, we need to get him now. And takes a soonest flight out there to the Midwest or the South, wherever they are. Um, during this time, uh, David is um, – what is that? What else happened during this time? I guess that Anna's still going around trying to convince people that David is, is not who he says. Yeah. Um, but dog tags. Yeah. He's like, you're not David Collins. And he's like, oh, I just got my dog tags back. I just like wearing them. He throws them on the table. And, of course, uh, her dad is not happy with her. And the mom is just like, oh, <laughs> whatever. The mom oh, is how she is the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Luke gets bullied at school again. That's the part that happens. Luke gets bullied yes. at school again. Um, and the, this is after... They, uh, he, the sister asks him to look up David. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's looking him up on uh, online. Well, it's not even looking up David. It's looking up the plastic surgeon. That was, the, that was the number that she traced, yeah. Um, so he looks it up on his laptop in, in uh, class. One of the bullies that uh, Dave beat the fuck out of, he's got like a fucking... Um, bandage on his chin where his fucking chin smashing the ground and shit um he immediately starts bullying luke which seems like the stupidest thing he could do after that world of an ass whooping he got handed <laughs> but he goes behind him sharpens up his pencil and starts drilling into the back of luke's neck after calling him um the f word the f word uh, which we won't say. He's like, oh, are you looking for a transitional surgery? F word. Um, to which uh, Luke takes David's advice from previous scene, who's been telling him, like, hey, don't take shit from anybody, and just cold cocks his bullet. Like, knocks the, <laughs> knock his fucking block off. <laughs> this kid's like the worst fucking bully ever. And then, you know, he starts beating up Luke, and then Luke finds a fucking, like, yardstick and just smashes it across his fucking head, breaks the motherfucker in half. Um, and they both get in trouble. David and uh, the mom go up to the school. Uh, and David's like, what happened? It's like, he called me an F word. Um, it's like, and so I hit him. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> he literally says, Awesome. <laughs> And also, kid immediately recognizes and goes like, "Oh fuck, it's this guy again." Um, and he goes into the principal's office, where it's like, "Hey, we have a zero violence policy. We're going to suspend Luke." And it's like a like, zero violence policy. They've been beating the shit out of this kid like every day. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so he's like, "Oh, really?" It's like, "So you okay hate crimes, huh?" <laughs> he's like, "Cause what do you call him?" And he's like, "I believe he called him an f word." And he's like, 
oh, it's like, so you're going to hear from our lawyers. And he's like, I didn't even know he was gay. And as they were leaving the the the, the principal's office, like, all right, how about after school detention? And they're like, for how long? A month. He's like, cool. Deal. Um, and his punishment is to help at the rec center put up for the fall dance, the Halloween dance. It like a huge punishment. I'm like, that looks kind of fun. <laughs> it looks super fun, especially once you see the fucking thing. It looks amazing. Yeah, um, you're like, there's no way a high school had this budget. <laughs> yes. So uh, David goes back to the house with the mom, helping her do laundry, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, guess who shows up? <laughs> uh, Major Carver and a whole bunch of uh, mercenaries. Uh, they all show up. I don't think they're mercenaries. They're like actual like FBI or something. No, they're mercenaries because um, remember if he gets off the plane, what he asks, he's like, "Hey, I need shooters." Military like, police. That's what they are. Well, no, he's 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 saying he's going to the cover of military police. But whenever they get off the plane, he goes like, "Hey, give me any any guns you can find. I don't care if they're KGB. I don't care if they're CIA. I don't care if they're ex special commanders. They're all mercenaries that he could find in the area." Oh, to help okay. him take down, uh, take down David, which um, doesn't turn out great. <laughs> no, they uh, weren't very good. It leads to a pretty awesome shootout. Uh, he wasted a lot of money on mercenaries. <laughs> yes, where David, uh, it, there's two things that are about to happen that I really love. Uh, so David gets the mom into a room and uh, into the kitchen. They're under fire. A guy has a big M60 machine gun and just filling up the fucking house with holes trying to kill David. Um, he's like, I'm sorry, Miss Peterson. I haven't been totally honest with you. And you're like, oh, here comes expository dialogue. We're going to find out who David is. And they nope. don't do it. <laughs> I don't have time to explain. <laughs> they don't have time to explain. Um, but he does say, he does say like, she's like, did you know my son? I was like, yes, I did. And here's the thing is that I think David is being completely honest about like actually trying to help the family. I think he really is until there's something yeah. we find out from major Carver that I think is the only reason why he didn't stay that way. Um, <clears throat> uh, but he stabs uh, her to death with a butcher knife um, goes out, kills the last shooter, drives off, um, pops the tires in the car. So Carver can't follow him. Carver's still following him <laughs> on flat tires. Yeah. Um, as he's driving from the scene, uh, he sees the dad driving back in his car, uh, David does, and he head-on collisions him, and he gets out and apologizes to him and shoots him, kills both parents, so they're both dead. Yeah, both parents <laughs> fucked. And he's going to go and try to find Anna, who is at work, um, which Carver gets her work. first, yeah, and you're like, oh, here comes the expository dialogue. And we get a little bit more. And what we find out about David is that he's part of a super soldier experiment of some sort <clears throat> to um, help make a soldier that, you know, a super soldier. But apparently he has some type of programming that they mentioned that um, they're supposed to be, their identity is supposed to be completely concealed in any situation. And if there is a threat of them being found out, that they will immediately terminate anybody that may expose who they really are. So that's why I think that he was actually trying to help the family in his own way. He also, he gives some terrible advice. Like basically everything that he solves is all through violence. He just tells Luke to be a violent, awful person. 
<laughs> he solves all their issues by murdering people and stuff. He's not a good person. Not saying it didn't work. <laughs> no, I think he's actually trying to help them. I think he honestly is trying to help Caleb, you know, and all that. I think they Luke, were friends. No, no, Caleb, their their older brother. Oh yeah. Uh, but I just think that uh, he does it in the in the worst ways possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets exposed and he's like, all right, I have to kill all of you now. Uh, you triggered me. Uh, to where even Luke was talking to the hallway before, which it seems like Luke figured it out um, after the bullying uh, principal incident. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, yeah, Anna's uh, Anna says some I'm going to rat things. out my sister. <laughs> yeah. He says that you're probably not actually David, um, but you're actually somebody else who's now like, looking for a plastic surgeon, but I said it may just be your uncle or something, but we're cool, right? It's like, yeah, we're cool. Sure. Super cool. <laughs> Not cool. Uh, Carver and Anna have to go pick up Luke. During this time, uh, <laughs> David shows up to the diner that Anna works at. And he walks in. <laughs> he walks the in. shit out of Kristen who didn't know where they went. <laughs> the best part, because the best thing is you think he's going to try to put on like a charmed guy. <laughs> It's so funny because he's like, hey, where'd Anna go? I don't know. It's like, you know where she – fuck it. It just pulls out his gun just shoots her immediately. And the bowling ball in. rolls the grenades into the fucking – blows up everybody in the restaurant. <laughs> Kills everybody. <laughs> he's a madman. Um, and we go to the school um, – or the, sorry, it's a rec center um, where, where the Halloween dance will be held. And it's a super awesome Halloween maze. <laughs> Yeah, this it's badass. Awesome, like Halloween Horror Nights or like, okay, let me not give it too much credit. Let me say Halloween Horror Nights, but it's definitely on the level of like Halloween Scream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Easily. Uh, where's the whole like, kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's themed room, mazes. Uh, it's like a slaughterhouse room and a clown room, it looks like, and some like alleyway or something in a house of mirrors. Like the only benefit of Hall of Scream is that you get it with your season pass. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, it's only like 40 bucks. <laughs> right. It's super cheap. Um, but uh, and once you get through the maze, though, it's super awesome once you get the other side because everything is like cool and neon and <laughs> there's there's Halloween 3 decorations <laughs> and other Beastle stuff. <laughs> just yeah, it's badass. Um, to where Carver's like, Goes there, the substitute or like the teacher that's there, like watching, make sure Luke is. And Luke is the only kid in after school detention helping on this thing. I don't know why. Yeah. But, I, uh, well, him and the guy who is running detention did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Looks amazing. But he's like, uh, they're like, what's going on? Who are you? And he's like, listen, we need to get out of here now. Like, we are not safe. And before that even happens, lights go out. Uh oh, David's here. And you see him put the uh, oh, we didn't mention the plot point we mentioned before is that yeah. Anna did make a CD for David uh, beforehand, which he found whenever he confronted her about. Yeah, trying she to went find to go out. give it to him, and then was like, oh. yeah. But he confronts her a little bit later on whenever he knows that she's on to him and picks it up. He's like, oh, is this for me? And she's like, yep. He's <laughs> like. Cool. So he plays it in the, uh, puts it into the speakers, um, and is playing this mixtape while they're in, while he's chasing them around the maze. Um, kills two people with a box cutter. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, coming from somebody that accidentally sliced through That's his. It's been one of those things that is like, please don't kill me with a box cutter. <laughs> like any other. Other... Coming from somebody that accidentally sliced through his own artery with a box cutter, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's chasing Anna and Luke around. Um, and there's this awesome scene where this goddamn song has been stuck in my fucking head all day, and that's Annie's uh, Antonio, but it's a Berlin remix of it. <laughs> that song has been stuck in my fucking head all day. She gets the gun, and she's going to shoot David. She shoots him, and she's like, I did it. I win. Shot he's dead. Uh, no, he's he, he's impervious to bullets, <laughs> turns <laughs> out. Um, and so he starts choking the shit out of Anna. And Luke shows up with the butterfly knife and stabs David in the back. Back <laughs> Not happy about it. Yeah, pretty much. And then he pulls it out and uh, stabs him in the front. And he's like, I'm sorry. And David's like, no, it's okay. Like I would, you did the right thing. Like, you did the right thing. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, he perishes. <clears throat> and the fire, the fire department shows up. And they're asking these kids, like, are you okay? Unless you guys got through a lot of trauma. I mean, um, you both were just chased around by a maniac. Uh, this whole place. We're fine. <laughs> There's all dead bodies. Both your parents are dead. You probably have years and years and years of therapy bills um, just piling up as we speak. And they're like, no, we're good. <laughs> and they're sitting there. And out of the building limps a uh, firefighter. Um, and right before that. Limp. Well, something we forgot, another thing we forgot to mention is that the firefighters were like, hey, we only found two bodies in there. And they're both super burnt up. And uh, one of them, all their teeth were bashed out, which is the same thing David did when he first escaped uh, whatever research facility he's in, Carver said, is that he burned up all the bodies to distract them, thinking that he'd perish in the fire and smash their teeth out so they couldn't identify them. Um, and right after they say that, out limps a firefighter and she sees through his mask and it's David and just goes right to credits. <laughs> Fucking great movie. Awesome movie. Uh, it was kind of ahead of the curve um, on kind of like, a, you know, the thing about it is because Simon Barry kind of talked about it. I was like, yeah, I guess we kind of opened up the can of worms between us and Nicholas Wine reference drive of being like the synth wave kind of sound and being influenced by 80s movies, but not like making it like yeah, like a rip Like you can see the influence in the movie. You can see Death of the Carpenter influence. You can see the mix of Halloween with Terminator. Um, even the 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 credits. But it's not like a. It's not like one of those movies where it's like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah I get I mean, it. They're in the eighties. Yeah. No, not at all. And um, you know, you see like even the titles, like the uh, font for the titles and and the credits is in that John Carpenter font. That was purpose. It was done on purpose. Um, Simon Barrett said that this is based on a script. So I know you sent me a fact that they wrote this under eight weeks. Yeah, I know. And it's based off a script. So Simon Barrett was writing a script before Adam Wingard brought him the idea of the guest where he was writing a script that was about a soldier that comes back, um, to the States and comes into this family's life, but you find out that um, he killed their son overseas, but he's pretending to be the friend 
Um, and then he's just doing this to exact revenge further on his family as well. Right. Does family seven bears like he got sixty pages in the script? He's like, I don't even want to watch this movie. Like, fuck this! Like, this is too like this is too much of a bummer. Um, and then when Adam Wingard's like, hey, I want to do a movie. It's like Halloween meets Terminator. And he's like, okay, I kind of have like a template for a script that may work. So they kind of took that script and brought it to this one. Um, there's a popular fan theory, but I don't think it works. And Seven Bears like it's not what it is. Uh, where people think that David is Caleb. No, yeah, no. I, you know, I, I thought that maybe at the beginning, I'm like, nah, that would just be stupid. Yeah. Um, he also purposefully made, um, he wrote David as an invert Michael Myers. That makes sense. Where, like, Michael Myers has the mask. He's the shape, you know, he has the mask where it's just all blank, you know? But he wanted David to be the opposite, where it's like, we see this face and he is very personable, but inside there's just nothing. Like, you can't read him at all. Like, right. There's nothing behind those eyes for at Mike all. Like Myers, it's like the same for everything. Like, like. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, where the blank is on the outside, it's on the inside. Um, the coolest thing I think that came from this movie recently is the sign bearer was talking about how like he never wanted to write a sequel for the movie. Adam Wingard never wanted to direct a sequel to the film. They're just like, you know, for the 10% of people that really, really want it, why ruin it for the 90% of people who don't, who just want to love this movie as it is? But they did do a sequel. Through an album. Uh, recently, yes. They put out just uh, last month or month before last, The Guest 2, um, the original motion picture soundtrack. A movie was not made. It will not be made. But it's such an interesting idea of what they did. You can find it on uh, Apple right now on Spotify. Um, I'm really wanting a vinyl release of it. But they made a score for the film that was never made. Um, so just piecing from like the cover art of the album and just the track listing, you kind of build a movie in your head of um, what the movie could be. And it looks almost seems like uh, David comes back and has a fight a cult of some sort. Um, various artists make tracks as it's like each track is a different artist. Uh, Steve Moore, who did the score for the film, has a track on there. Adam Wingard, the director, has a track on the album. Yeah, um, and the album is really yeah. The album is really good. <laughs> it's a really good uh score uh it's really good but it's I, I think it's such a cool idea to just be like we don't want to make the movie so we're gonna just like have like this cool thing where it's like if we did do a sequel here's what the score would sound like and you just make the movie yourself which i think is awesome that just makes i think that makes everybody happy except for the people that just really really want a sequel but i'm happy they never did it's just a great cool film that kind i don't of know did. how you would sequel it and make it as good like i don't know that or without making david like the main focus and kind of like the good guy yeah which doesn't work very well because no, we've all, as we have seen from don't breathe yeah but don't breathe too like whatever you have like horrendous things and then you try to like justify the character and stuff where i think it could work better for david because he didn't like i don't know rape a bunch of people <laughs> like the old yeah, man and uh yeah, don't breathe it's not as bad <laughs> yeah but still he's still like it also takes away like what's scarier the mystique of him to make him the focus especially since you don't want to learn too much about him which i guess that ann wingard and simon barrett both said that in the original script there were like 20 pages more of like a lot of like 
expository dialogue explaining who he was and they were just like we're gonna cut all this out like i i don't uh, care where he came from i don't care who he is <laughs> he's just bad bad mojo dude the less you know about him the better i guess an original script also that it was supposed to be hinted i guess it's kind of hinted a little bit in the movie but uh it was supposed to be more blatant that he has cyborg parts to him that he's been damaged that's why he's able like you know, get shot or like stabbed yeah, up and stuff yeah, alive. Yeah. That, that he's been like hurt so much throughout war that certain parts of his body have already been replaced with cyber, uh, like cyborg parts. Like, my um, thing is the thing that got me is like, I was like, she realizes it's him and it's like, say something. And she's like, mm. no, it's not. she says, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, to somebody, but, but like, what are they gonna do? He's just gonna fucking kill them all. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a good point. So yeah, I mean, I mean, she may have, she may have, like right afterwards. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy's gonna fuck up like <laughs> the local police and fire department. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's gonna kill like everybody if she does that. Uh, but yeah, the guest is. Um, I love the guest. I think it's awesome. Um, it's great. It's a uh, uh, movie. I say, check it out for sure. Um, my review I put on Letterboxd. I'm like, normally probably this movie should be an 8 out of 10, but there's a reason it gets a 9 out of 10. And that's because of Love and Rockets. So you put Love and Rockets in your soundtrack. There you go. You get an extra point. <laughs> All righty. Cool. Brings us to our next segment. It does. Another, another curation of Blazes cabinet of video game curiosities. All right. So, what do we got? Well, like I said last time, this is the other, one of the other games out of the Midnight Scenes uh, game series. And this one is called The Nanny. Uh, it looks... Pretty much the I same. Yeah. <laughs> that just happens the whole time. <laughs> That's pretty scary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're. Um, you start off as a smaller boy. Uh, and uh, you see your sister playing with two dolls that are exactly the same. Which kind of comes into play to the story. I'm gonna give total spoilers for this too because it's one of those games you can play in one setting. So uh, she's playing with two dolls that are exactly the same, and the whole time she's like, "Oh no, it's my doppelganger!" Wink, like, <laughs> oh, "This is terrible." And then her brother's like, "Hey, aren't you gonna say bye to mom and dad? They're going on a long business trip." She's like, "Fuck no! Like, they they don't care." They they don't care about me. Like, look, they bought me the same doll twice because they didn't remember. It's bullshit. And he's like, well, I can take the other one. And they're like, she's like, fuck no, I'd rather keep it. Uh, so, you know, you get to meet the nanny. The nanny's like, hey, why don't we go, like, make some dinner, watch a movie, something like that. And they're like, nah, we want to go out to the woods. They have, like, all these old tribal paintings and stuff that are, like, from Native American paintings and shit like that. And, you know, we used to um, go over there during the day with our dad and blah, 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 and look at the paintings. 
And she's like, yeah, I guess we can. So they take their little John boat over to the, the forest across from the neighborhood. And uh, you go in and you start exploring the area. Uh, your sister and the nanny are sitting by a fire just talking and you sit there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to try and find that fucking truck that I brought here because I bet I lost it here. So you go into the woods. You notice like the crows start kind of staring at you. And then finally you see your little toy truck. And uh, while you're grabbing the truck, your sister shows, but on the opposite side, like coming from the way she was not, you came from. And uh, so she's like, hey, come follow me. I want to show you something. And he's like, how did you get over here? (laughs) Like you were just back there. And... So he goes and follows his sister, and now one of the paintings on this giant rock is like this very creepy-looking, like, emaciated female witch-looking figure and uh, painted onto the rock. And he gets there, and he's staring at the rock, and they, the sister and the babysitter go searching for him, and they're kind of like, oh, shit, where the fuck did he go? They find him staring at this, and it's pretty much just, uh, eventually the babysitter is, like, lured in by, like, a siren song to the woods, and the kids go to try and find her, and a bunch of mystery ensues. It gets pretty fucking crazy, but uh, lots of play uh, on doppelgangers and different kind of spirits and stuff like that. But it's one of those games you can sit down, just like the fir- uh, first one, and just play through and enjoy very much a, a classic point-and-click adventure kind of game. Nice. So yeah, Sushi Reaver has kind of like that Blair Witch kind of uh, feel to it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it takes place in a forest. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, does kind of connect into uh, the guests because, like we said, Adam Wingard and Simon Baird did the uh, Blair Witch. Um, I think it was just called Blair Witch. Yeah, it was just called Blair Witch. The one that came out around 2015. Not, not fucking, um, was the second one? Book of Shadows. <laughs> Book of Shadows, which I hear is fucking awful. You've never watched it? No. Oh, you need to watch it. Is it, is it really fucking bad like I hear? Uh, <laughs> in all the right ways, though. In did all you watch? Did you? Oh, no. Did you watch it, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett? Yeah, one? I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but... Yeah, I did. I but I, I don't think you really like the original. I really love the original. I respect the original one, but it, like I, I you're not a found footage before. guy. I uh, my least favorite subgenre of horror is found footage. I do not like found footage. I ne- I mean, I I like the VHS series because I think we're getting creative voices and creative things with it. But usually, feature length uh, found footage films, I just think all. Oh, are just kind of forgettable normally um unless it's like something really interesting like host yeah um that's really tastefully done but like i just watched um deborah logan i love uh, that movie do you i i wasn't a huge fan of it because it does really? the same i love the taking of deborah logan i think it's a great build-up but then like my problem with every found footage movie is that once like the scares start happening and shit like that it's like they forget like how to shoot to make it scary because the camera just goes everywhere and just like I can't even see what I'm supposed to be like 
afraid of or like I'm not getting an effect because the camera is going all over the place or getting dropped on the ground or like whatever. So I think the scares never really work normally, you know? It's yeah. always my problem. It's just like I can't see what I'm supposed to be like frightened by. <laughs> gotcha. uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Blair Witch has its place. I mean, it's a very important film. I mean, it's one of the most. So yeah, I like that game. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck that game. Oh, Blair Witch now. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Blair Witch um, is good though. The game, not so much, but Blair Witch. All right. Uh, all right. You we don't have a folk tale today. Nope, not today. Plus, if this goes five more minutes, it will not transfer. <laughs> like all it right. will not go into MP3. I had to trim the shit out of the other one. All right. Nothing to okay. but all right, well, we're gonna wrap it up then. Um next week, what are we talking about? We don't know yet. No, but I have some ideas I'm going to discuss with you. Okay. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to reach us, you can. You can reach us on the email at bladedapplespod.gmail.com or on the Instagram, bladedapplespodcast. Um, we check both. Wanted to start getting more guests on here. So if you have a project or you do art or you do movies or anything like that, you're working on something, let's get you on here. We want to talk to you. Got some, uh, you know, got a clothing brand you're working on. Let's talk about it. Why not? Um, let's promote each other. Um, thank you to Stefan Mize for um, doing our artwork. Awesome guy. Follow him on Instagram, either under his profile or at um Crawling Panther Tattoo, awesome guy, loves horror, amazing tattoo artist, and thanks to Blaze for being a great co-host and editing this stuff together. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. All right. Fuck you, everybody. Cool. Jesus was shot. <laughs> and remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Bye. Bye.